How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting trio. My name is Riley Holbert, joined, as always, by my two good friends, Mr. Andrew Mahone and Mr. J.W. Crewall. Guys, how's it going today? How's it going, Yo. man? I am doing so good. I When I was here the other week, I was talking about my Zen journey post-Mount Fuji and how it's really impacted my life, and I've spread the good word <laughs> to my co-workers who are forming a, a cult, I would say, honestly, of, of personality around this. And now everyone's <laughs> planning their own trip to Mount Fuji. Not everybody, but I think I did actually sell some people on actually going to Mount Fuji. <laughs> well, I've been telling everyone just generally, like, if you ever get the chance to go to Japan or if you're ever thinking like, yeah. oh, I want to go take a trip, but I don't know where to go, like, go to Japan. Yeah, I had, to, I had a really long conversation with someone the other week who just qualified for like their sabbatical at work uh, and they're going to Japan. And so I was telling them like all these cool things that, that I did that they should check out. Um, they're not going to be climbing Mount Fuji because it's like in October, but still, I'm, yeah, it's fine. I'm working through the vlog now. I'm almost done. I'm at the very tail end of it. And reliving the Fuji stuff has just been <laughs> it, it's been nuts. It's incredible. Riley. I think you're going to cry, man. It's it's that. I it's hope that so, beautiful. dude. Yeah, I'm really yeah, excited it, to watch. It, it's I cried editing it. <laughs> <laughs> I cried heck? editing my own video. I think it's the Damn. first video I cried during. That's serious. That's yeah. some heat, man. Yeah. That's some heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to show like other people as well. So they can like, yeah, see what I'm talking about when I, yeah. when I share the story. I can't believe you did no prep. <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes it so magical though. i get it i get it it's definitely a better story but it's gonna hit you crazy. way harder when you see it <laughs> okay <laughs> trust me i'm like i'm weaving a narrative here okay it's there's as some, you should yeah well i've really kind of mastered the art of telling this story uh, my <laughs> project team members can tell you because they've heard me say to so many different people because they're just always kind of around what i'm saying <laughs> so they've heard it like improve over time <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> the narrative so it's it's fun it's fun but yeah you know i've i've mastered the art of zen i would say like the uh i've honestly been going cut through kind of a stressful period but i feel very calm and collected and i know things will work out <laughs> so i know it's been nice as you've been able to remind me as well if i get a little bit stressed you're like bro yeah. remember the mountain oh <laughs> yes yes <laughs> <laughs> it's the only cue I need, and I'm back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, so ah, I've been good. I've been good. What have you guys been up to? Another day, another dollar. <laughs> another day, another dollar. So a true. Single, man. single dollar. Yeah, we were. We were you were riding on me. Sixty-five a year. Well, you know that gets you pretty far in in this economy. <laughs> I've been uh, working a lot, and by working, I mean streaming and playing pokemon cards oh yeah so you know this week had jesse on for a tabletop stream and we got to play around with some new pokemon 151 cards which is what i think we're going to be talking about today so that was a lot of fun digging in and getting to see which cards are really shining and uh which cards look promising yeah i mean what did you guys really have a chance to test because i didn't i wasn't able to catch much of the stream but um yeah, I have some thoughts. Obviously, Mewe X is the one that we all kind of are setting our yeah. sights on as the premier card to come out of this set. So I'm just curious what you what you guys were up to. 
we had Maridon EX featuring Mew EX and Zapdos EX with the Halucha, similar mm-hmm. to the Yokohama Champions League winning list, but without paths because it just seemed like if you want to make the most out of your Mew and really show that card off, then, you know, why play mm-hmm. the paths? And also Jesse had just finished well with the pathless version. So kind of just building off of what he had done at Pittsburgh. And we also tried out a Wigglytuff EX deck. And we tried out a Turbo Dark featuring Arbok EX. But oh, heck yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the common thread throughout all of these decks uh, that we tried uh, was that Mew EX was incredibly good. Yeah. What were you finding that it was best at? Because I think a lot of our viewers maybe have, they, maybe they've watched your stuff. Um, maybe they've watched other people at least, you know, talk about the future, but I don't know that they really have their hands on cards. So what was the strength of Mew outside of, I, I think when I think of Mew, I think, oh, okay, you're going to be able to draw out of Iona in the late game, right? That's where yeah. I'm kind of immediately going. But did you have any other like experiences with the attack or, um, you know, with the draw? Like, I don't know, early game, just kind of, you say incredible, but give us some context to why. So we started with it in Maridon, and I wasn't playing it in my Turbo Dark build yet because I was like, well, you know, I got Radiant Greninja. I'm going to want bench space for that. And I just don't know that I'll have the bench space for the Mew or that my hand will be low enough. And we played a set. And as I was playing through the Turbo Dark deck, I just kept finding situations where my hand was getting low or I'd want to Ultra Ball. And I'm like, wow, if I just like had the Mew in play, like I, I would just be churning right now. And instead, I'm just kind of stuck. So that was like an instant ad. I played one best of three without the Mew, and then I played another best of three with Mew in the Turbo Dark deck. And it was night and day. Being able to just have a low hand size and Ultra Ball without actually worrying, like you could just Ultra Ball your hand away and then you're then you're in a draw three, where previously... Ultra balling your hand down to zero meant that you had no hand, right? <laughs> Which is like not something that you ever not want ideal. to do. In the, yeah. Not yeah. ideal, yeah. right? <laughs> like you, it like if push comes to shove, you can play handless, but you're not, <laughs> not going to Not trying to do that. Yeah. You're not trying to do that. But with the Mew in play, you can try to do that. Like it's fine. You're just like, you know, ship this. I'm getting a new Pokemon. All right, fill to three. And when combined with cards like Radiant Greninja and, uh, you know, even the Raikou V in, uh, you know, in the Maridon deck, you're just seeing so many more cards per game uh, with just one extra card in your deck. And the thing about Mew that makes it so stinking good is that not only are you kind of just seeing an extra card here and there whenever you have a low hand size, but then you also just have this amazing board presence with a free retreater you can always promote Mm -hmm. it and talking through what that does for your board it allows you to make all of the decisions about who you're going to attack with after you've already seen all of the information that you're going to gain from your turn after you've already played your draw supporter after you've already drawn your card for turn and it also allows you to do things like dark patch to the bench and then retreat into that attacker for free it allows you to electric generator to the bench dynamotor to the bench and then pivot to that pokemon or pivot out of that pokemon to your attacker and one last thing uh the attack we didn't get to experiment with the attack yet uh just never came up in the games that we had played 
But I think in a deck like Lugia mm-hmm. or in a deck like Gardevoir EX, that attack is going to be a serious threat. Yeah, so yeah, let's I, actually that's like just lay point. out the stat line on Mew real quick so that to like contextualize all that, right? So in case you aren't aware, Mew EX is a 180 HP EX psychic type free retreat. Uh, has the restart ability where you can draw up to three cards. Uh, so if you have a hand of zero, draw three cards. If you have two, you draw one. Uh, and then as the genome hacking, which copies your ac- opponent's active attack, one of them, and you can use it for three energy. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you, man. Like the Mew is is nuts, right? It has, I think, two like really fundamentally good things going for it. Like things that decks search for actively in the Pokemon TCG separately of each other. That being free retreat and draw support, right? You think back to like Oranguru, right? The instruct Oranguru. That was one of the best support cards of all time. Now, granted, it wasn't a rule box Pokemon. Uh, so it, there is some downside to Mew there, but Mew also gets the upside of a free retreat and a usable attack. So that it's just nuts, man. Like that's such a good card. Um, yeah, I think it'll just like fit seamlessly into a lot of decks. Maybe it, every deck won't play it, but it could fit, you know, like you could play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It seems to me, and you can refute this, Andrew, because you have the most experience among all of us, but it seems to me there's a couple of decks that kind of rise to the top of Mew abusers. Um, first one being Lugia and, you know, just gives you another attacker, um, gives you that pivot that Lugia wants, well, but never really yeah. had the room for, like there was never really a reason to play a free retreater because none of them were good enough to warrant, uh, being powered up as an attacker and space is so tight in that deck. So Lugia seems like a really good abuser of the card. And then obviously like when you get down to the low hand sizes, great. Um, and then turbo lost box, I feel like that's like an auto include going forward. Like you might even be able to replace the Raikou in the deck because you have this Mew that can, you know, swing for big attacks, assuming your opponent has something big in the active. Well, speaking of attacks, let's, uh, let's contextualize this genome hacking a little bit and just talk about some various applications that it could have. I mean, obviously it's a three colorless attack that, allows you to choose one of your opponent's active Pokemon's attacks and use it as this attack. Uh, what are you guys thinking are going to be the most popular attacks to copy with this? Giratina V-Star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Giratina is probably the most obvious one, right? You swing for a one-hit knockout uh, for a relatively low investment by comparison. Giratina is kind of the, one of the selling points of it is that it's hard to repeatedly one-hit KO V-Stars. And so if you're able to immediately snap that knockout back, you know, it doesn't feel very good. Though I would also argue, like, does Giratina... Giratina was so hyped going into an event like Pittsburgh, right? Like, is Giratina really that deck in the first place? Like, is that an attack that's even <laughs> you're going to see to copy that often? I mean, I, yeah, that's something. I mean, I don't think that it's, you know, I don't think that it's going to go away. I mean, surely sure. it'll yeah. decrease, right? And and we'll have more to talk about that, you know, kind of in, in the weeks leading up to Peoria. I think another attack that really sticks out in my mind, besides Greninja, because Greninja is like very good, of course, you're going to be able to potentially snipe two of your opponents. <laughs> That's worth bossing for. Right? That's worth bossing for, exactly. <laughs> the other attacker that I think Mew makes a lot of sense into is like a, is a Charizard. Especially mm-hmm. for these kind of lower, or at least early lower attack uh, decks, like a Lost Box, right? It's really hard to ramp up to those high numbers, and it's sometimes even hard to two-shot 
a Charizard. But now you have Mew that can, you know, after you've put a little damage on it with a cram or something, you can come up and, and do some big damage to a Charizard. So I kind of like that card as well. I'm just... I'm, and that is really interesting, especially if you're planning it in like a turbo loss box deck. You know, you kind of force your opponent down to just one prize, and then you bring out the Mew Mirage Gate, and you're cranking out 330 into a Charizard, which is pretty nuts. But uh, I, I'm thinking about the Radiant Greninja. I mean, just think about the implications of a Gardevoir Mirror. Now, if you've got Radiant Greninja in play and no Manaphy, then you are always at risk of <laughs> getting that sucker gusted. Well, well not, not necessarily. Well, right. And that's the that's a caveat there, right? Because if you evolve all the way up and you leave your opponent with no options to target, then who cares, right? Well, okay. Is there a Mew from Celebrations in play? Did well, I've, you I've uh, damage one of your Gardevoirs so that it I've, has I've collapsed. 90 I've collapsed it away. Actually, so there are going to be situations where yeah. you're going to be able to make that play, right? Where you're going to be able to take out a Mew from Celebrations and a damaged Gardevoir, right, for two prizes, even if they're. You know, it's just it, it's something that that's it's a live play, right? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, sure. I think even if even if your opponent evolves up all their Pokemon, you know. I mean, it's just it's, interesting. It's interesting that you say that because I simply would have collapsed my Gardevoir and then pennied oh. my Mew. And then I would have pennied my Mew. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean. You're saying it's never happening to you. Well, no, just some players might play into it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not I'm me, though. With a clean Gardevoir with a reversal energy <laughs> on it, I would penny my Mew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Riley gets it. Right. Uh, okay. So it's not happening to you, but yeah. you yeah, probably saying. not me. Yeah. Probably not me, yeah. but kill diff not <laughs> happening to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but seriously, that's also like a great punish to like a Mirage set play, right? In, in like the early-ish game, your opponent falls right. behind, they go for a Mirage step. You're already like evolving up, so you have the luxury of going for those boss plays. Uh like kind of easy money there in the Guard of Army, right? And Getting those two yeah. Curlios is a huge deal. I mean, do you even think that Guardi will play Greninja? Like, I think so still because it's just so good. But it does beg the question, like, is it In even worth it yeah. to be playing these cards that play into an opponent's Mew? I mean, I think ideally, sure, you don't. But it, it's not every game goes according to your ideal plan, right? And I feel like so many games you really want to make that extra push to like hit your VIP pass to get your level balls to it's, you don't always get the choice, right? Yeah. You don't always get to just decide that I'm not going to Greninja this game. It's the same thing with Mawile, right? Like, sure, you can play around it, but sometimes you need to play the game. Yeah, uh, that's and Mew is the solid. thing about Muse is just so good that it's not just there for the cheeky Greninja play. That's just another thing that it can do. Right, right, because the card is so versatile. It's such a scary card that your opponent needs to think about it, even when it comes to things like benching a Radiant Greninja, right? Which it just, it forces, the presence of that card alone forces you to think about it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I think the Mew just seems so, so good. It, you know, it feels like a card, you, you, you have to pick it up, right? You, if you're picking up cards from this set and you had to pick one, you know, you're, you're buying one play set of cards. Just get the Mew, right? Like, that's going to serve one, you well. One single. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. True.
And, you know, maybe one day there'll be, like, some super degenerate, like, turbo deck that plays a bunch of you and just drawing <laughs> cards. <laughs> I could see it. So are there any other applications for MUEX that we haven't really covered? I mean, it uh, it felt great for me in the Turbo Dark deck. It felt great for me um, with the Maridon deck. I mean, I didn't get to try it in Lugia or Guardi yet. It seemed really good in those. I like JW's thought of it being in like a Lost Box deck. Is this just becoming a card that we're going to see in almost every deck? I don't know if every deck will end up actually playing it. Um, you know, space is really tight, it feels like, these days in decks. And and not every deck really cares for what Mew provides. Um, you know, you think of, like, Rapid Striker Shifu probably won't play it. Uh, Charizard decks probably aren't going to be playing it. Um, yeah, Arceus yeah, probably. Or especially, like, decks that really can't afford to have a support two-prizer in play. Um Probably won't see Mew in, in those decks. But I think overall, like, it's going to be a popular card, a popular inclusion. Um, and again, like, it, it's kind of like a timeless card. It's worth having one around because it, it feels like just something that will be good in a lot of different situations. So not having it around is just only to your detriment. Like a Luminian Crobat V to Dene G. I, I see it on, like, that tier of card. where Yeah, definitely. It, it's just like, yep, it's not going to be in every single deck. Fantastic card. It'll see a lot of play. For sure. Yeah. So I, I think Mew's just so, so, so good. The fact that it just has so many of those traits bundled up into one card is crazy. Um, and I guess it just speaks to the power level of cards today in general that it can have all of those and not be just an auto-include in every deck. <laughs> you know? If you brought this card back in time, like, even just a couple of years, like, every single deck would be playing that thing. Um, without question. So it's interesting that it's not an auto-include, in my opinion. Think about, think about MUEX in like a, a Buzzrock world, you know? Like, oh, yeah, man. Holy fuck. <laughs> it resists fighting. Well, I think, too, <laughs> one other thing that you want to consider with Mew that we didn't bring up is just that the decks that we're naming that we feel like it probably gets the best use in are all decks that are going to be able to accelerate energy. Yeah. So, you know, if you're playing a single attach deck which there aren't many out there but if you're playing a single attach deck that really can't power up the mew with an attack uh to, to attack i should say then it might not be worth it to to play it in your deck you know that would be something that you consider obviously so are there so, any are there any other cards that you two are looking at from 151 that are piquing your interest in and uh, at least making you Making you think some things. Obviously, it's kind of a a collector's paradise set. It's certainly a millennials' paradise. Yes, I'm the only real Pokemon. It. Yeah, the, <laughs> the only real Pokemon. Oh my gosh. I yeah. am. I mean, when you you know when when you were saying that you were testing Arbok, you know, I hate to that that maybe that's too memey for for this point in the in the video, but I think. Arbok could be kind of cool. Seems like a really fun attack. You got some Judge Iono synergy and just kind of ruin the hand and, uh, you know, see where that takes you. Let's talk about what it does. Yeah, so Arbok EX is a stage one. 
270 HP. First attack bind down, two darkness energy, 70 damage. Opponent can't retreat. Not while you're playing Arbok. You play it for the menacing fangs, three dark energy, 150 damage. Your opponent discards two cards from their hand. I think my beef with Arbok, if I had to pick a beef, is that you don't pick the cards. They're not random cards. It, it The opponent gets to hand select which ones they get rid of, which makes the judge synergy like a little weaker than you'd really hope for, right? Um but gosh, it'd be so fun to just rip your opponent's hand uh, away. Piece judge, piece. double grabber, Arbok. Yeah, yep, got him. Got him. Now playing with playing with Arbok on stream, it, that was definitely a bummer, right? I mean, I wanted so badly to be able to just you know take my opponent's hand and choose the cards, but I think that it still has a place as a disruptive card. I mean, it is a strong effect. Discard two can really add up, especially if you're limiting your opponent's hand size and if you're able to attack with Arbok, you know, a couple of times in a row. Taking a look at, you know, the dark support, Turbo Dark is still a deck. Ross <laughs> Coffin did finish 33rd place at NAIC this year with a turbo dark deck and i i've been playing turbo dark on stream just like off and on randomly throughout the year and it's a deck that i've always kind of considered that it's just better than people give it credit for it's not bad it hits for the right weakness and and which is really nice it's not and, bad it's not bad i got a 33rd place at naic and how many people were playing it probably you know, five. <laughs> it was an exceptionally low, low number for sure. <laughs> like, you know, anything that and Ross Cawthon is one of the, you know, what I consider to be one of the best players to ever play the game. But, you know, he sees something in the deck that he likes. And, and that makes me at least have somewhat I'm like, I'm going to think about it a little bit more. And now we've got this kind of X factor for a turbo dark deck where you can put in Arbok and, uh, you know, and, and you can you can have a good time against Lost Box decks with that. So it's nice being able to judge and then make your opponent discard two cards. Iono, I mean, if if you're Ionoing to two, you are discarding their hands. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's tough. And then they're, they're drawing it back with Mu Ex. That's <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it comes full circle. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. All right, <laughs> let's move on to another archetype. Because uh, there there are a few kind of interesting cards. Obviously, the EXs um, in the set all have something that maybe raises an eyebrow. So we have next up Wiggly Tough. Wiggly Tough is an interesting EX where if you have a special energy attached, the ability uh, brings the HP up by 100. So you're already at 250 HP. You have that special energy attached. That's 350 HP. And then if it's like a V-Guard or something, that's potentially 380 if you're getting swung into by... The right Pokemon. So it, you just have a beefy, very tanky Pokemon, and we still have Charon's Care in the format. Um, the attack is not the greatest. It's for three colorless energy. does 90 base damage, and if you played a supporter this turn, you do an additional 90. So presumably, you're going to probably be powering it up with double turbo, so realistically, your damage output is probably going to be in that 160 area. Um, but what do you guys think about Wigglytuff? Any competitive viability there? We've kind of... Like in the past, this really reminds me of the tanky Oink Cologne deck. So 
my initial gut Similar, reaction yeah. my initial gut reaction is that wiggly tough is just a no-go but it's certainly an interesting effect uh from that ability so i'm curious to hear you guys thoughts so wiggly tough is very similar to oinkalone yeah and oinkalone sucks <laughs> to be clear. hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pig guy all right i like the pig <laughs> you are a pig guy for sure uh that said wigglytuff is a lot tankier than oikalone is yeah you know, let's let's be clear <laughs> wigglytuff is a lot fatter than oikalone <laughs> okay <laughs> oikalone is under threat many times during a game Whereas Wigglytuff is basically not under threat ever of a one-hit KO, unless it's being hit for weakness. I I can't think of anything that's reaching for 350 besides, like, a crazy, like, swing with, a, like, a Zacian V or something, you know? So... What are you talking about? A Zacian V? Oh, with a Guardi. I'm like, man... I know. I just, I, blade, man. One. I went to the metal <laughs> one for some reason, bro. Yeah, you had to get like ten uh, energy attached to a Zacian. <laughs> yeah, you have to fully load that sucker and hope there's no other form of damage reduction on that wiggly. <laughs> and you do have uh, to pal the fault. Chen Pao and Raichu can both make quick work of it. That's true. Raichu Raichu and Chen Pao can, but Chen Pao also sucks. So you're safe there. Raichu is good. Uh, but it's a lot of energy, you know. It's a lot, a lot. for you know, two prizes. That's too much energy. <laughs> it is like you're gonna you're gonna be hurting after you discard six. <laughs> you know, like you might not attack that next. <laughs> okay, so I think that's all valid. Wigglytuff is bigger than Oinkalone ever was. However, one of the strengths of the Oinkalone deck is that Below you can run it with Path. And it was low maintenance. Mm. Wigglytuff hates Path, right? Because Path makes its glorious hundred <laughs> HP. Its glorious three hundred and fifty HP girth <laughs> dwindles to a, to two hundred and fifty HP, which is actually less than Oinkalone. And true. its true. attack takes three energy. So then that begs the other question: How are we powering this dude up in a theoretical deck? That you I mean, I think. Built? What Pokemon is trying to get us to do is very yeah. clear. <laughs> and, and that's and that's for us to use Wigglytuff from Paldea Evolved to get a therapeutic energy onto your new Wigglytuff and then attach a double turbo and swing. Like that's what they're getting trying to get us to do and like play Charon's Care with it, right? And I, and honestly, I bet against the Lost Box you destroy them. <laughs> right? Like you really, you really yeah, make probably them suffer. Probably 100 matchup for sure. <laughs> right? Like you're making them really hate everything about their life in that moment. I think about against other decks, that's a lot going on. <laughs> right? And maybe if Therapeutic Energy like offered you anything of value, <laughs> like it, imagine if Paldea evolved Wiggly Tough, like, just accelerated any special energy from your hand once per turn, or, like, a V-Guard energy, or, or anything else, then we'd be cooking, right? Now we're just kind of simmering, I, I think. We're simmering with Wiggly Tough right now. Uh, so I think Lost Box matchup, you're, you feel really good. Other matchups, maybe not as good. You might survive a hit, though, which is, which is pretty sick. <laughs> and here's, here's my final talking point. 
<laughs> Wigglytuff at 350 HP, even at one prize remaining, survives a Charizard EX hit. No, how many Pokemon can say that? <laughs> Your last talking point on Wigglytuff. That's right. I love that. That's right. He had it all I mean, written It's the mic drop, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, many people are saying it's one of the strongest attacks in the game, so. All right, here we go. JW and Riley, you each have... You have to give me your honest reaction, three seconds or less. Uh, first JW, then Riley. Could Wigglytuff EX ever top 64 regional JW? No, absolutely not. Without Riley. a doubt, no. I think it could top 64. Yeah, I think no. some, some, some guy <laughs> no. could do that. No. Yes, yes, they could. <laughs> absolutely. Like, have you seen the kind of decks that break into top 64? Absolutely, if you heard Wigglytuff could do that. <laughs> Nah, because nah. like yeah, no one. Glad, first of all, no one's I gonna asked. play it. First one, no one's gonna play it, right? That's a bit. I mean, that's a that's a big thing, right? First and then it, point, you're mad when it happens. Second, <laughs> second, 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 second talking point. Someone will play it. It might be Sander for all we know. Third, it's gonna be us. Yeah, right, right. Third, okay. we've got the secret list. Oh yeah. Getting... Oh, that was the that was the secret list that we were talking about. Oh, yep. okay. Sorry. Yeah. That's the one that we were going to bring to Peoria. Yeah. Okay. Now there is, I have to admit, there is one Pokemon that can KO Wigglytuff. And that's a Pokemon that can't one hit KO anything else. And that's Rapid Striker Shifu. <laughs> and so if, you know, you need the special energy attached, I guess. But actually, you're not doing, actually, you're not doing 350. So actually, you're chilling. No, you're doing, Although, you're doing 300, right? What am I missing here? No, you're right. You're right. You're doing 300, so you're chilling. Although, then you're like in perfect yoga loop kind of situation, which mm. isn't good either. So, I think we got a divided house on Wigglytuff EX. There's at least something there. Um, so here's the, no? here's my my final thought. Besides Charizard, Wigglytuff like clearly is not a good card, right? Like it's the, the pieces aren't all there for it, but it's got something going on, right? And we haven't even talked about like the big counter to Wigglytuff. What are you talking about? Fan of waves. Yo. It's got minus a hundred. Minus a hundred. That thing will always have two special. It will. Numbers. It'll have the yeah. therapeutic and the double on it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'll always have two fan of waves. Let's play oh, path. Man. If you're oh, working for Wigglytuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You got to in the Mew matchup. You do. Yes. And Fan Waves is just a free include in Mew, basically. So we have a couple other EXs that we should move on to. Uh, there's <laughs> yeah, Blastoise sure. EX. There's Venusaur EX. There is Alakazam EX. And we have a new Charizard EX that, while the Charizard EX is not, I don't think is particularly that good, it has a lot of, um, has a lot of flaws with that, I think. Uh, but, what it does provide us is some more options in terms of the evolutions. And there is now a 70 HP Charmander that discards a stadium with its first attack for a single fire energy. So I think of Charizard, uh, current Charizard from Obsidian Flames as being just extremely weak to path, just super weak to path. So now, and you're also very weak to lost box decks that Sableye, your 260 HP Charmander. So now you have a card that can fulfill 
you know, two of those problems that, that can kind of shore up two of those problems uh, that you had with Obsidian Flames Charizard EX. What do you guys think That's... about, what do you think about the new Charmander? I think, I think it makes, like, I'm actually, as much as I didn't uh, respect Charizard heading into Pittsburgh, like, I am respecting it heading into Peoria because of the 70 HP Charmander. I think it's nuts that you made the the discard a stadium attack like that big of a deal. <laughs> like I it's mean, fine, it's, it's good, it's, of course. But I don't know, it's legit. Seventy HP, like you almost made it sound more important than the seventy HP, which is nuts <laughs> because the seventy HP is way more important. No, no, you you're going to be attacking you with the seventy HP one if it was blank. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> it could have a. It could have an ability that's like this card cannot evolve into Charmeleon, and you would still play that. Yeah, but the, but well, the point would be though, it would be a better Charmander if it was a sixty HP Charmander. Okay. Am sure. I wrong? Sure. Yeah. Am yeah, I wrong? Really, yes. Because the other one, you're just doing thirty damage. Arguably, that thirty does matter sometimes. But, when you're playing against Wiggly Tough EX. Well, yeah. Well. First or off, when yes. you're up against a Gardevoir that like maxed itself out to KO you, you know, mm, yeah, there sure. are situations yeah. where or like in the early game where like your damage isn't cutting it, like you don't really want to swing for a two KO with a, a Zard. So, but anyway, yeah, 70 HP Mander is great. I don't think the EX really adds anything to Zard. I don't know, Andrew, do you have anything for the, the fire line there? Uh, yeah, the Charmander is busted, but you know, my mind going straight to straight to Blastoise. Charizard EX is kind of just very typical, typical fare for Charizard. Expensive attack does too much. <laughs> a little too much it's damage, like, yeah. It's like the most typical Charizard ever. It's yeah, like it does like 50 good. too much damage for one too many energy and <laughs> discards yeah, them yeah. all. Uh-huh. <laughs> Blastoise EX like would be an interesting card almost if there's like a couple of things, like if you could like Melanie to it or if there's some other way to get energy onto it. But, you know, what are we setting up Bax Caliber? I suppose you could Palkia V-Star on it, you know, onto it. But then, then what? You're playing an entirely lightning weak deck. Uh, Maridon is kind of popping off right now. And, you know, Blastoise EX's solid shell ability, which decreases damage done to it by 30, hardly matters when it's got a pretty glaring weakness right now. Because lightning weakness isn't just not what you want to have this yeah. month. <laughs> you know, maybe a couple months ago, like, you were chilling, but... Not what you want to have this month, especially with Raikou V running around in Lost Box decks as well. Just like an easy target to kind of lay waste to. Twin Cannons can do 280 damage, but you have to discard two basic water energy from your hand in order to do that. 280 is a good number, but it's not enough to deal with any big EXs. It doesn't have infinite damage ceiling. Uh, I feel like it's just like a little bit... It's a little bit too much and not doing quite enough is how I feel. Yeah, I got some twin cannons for you right here, buddy. Thank yeah, you. Matt. Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> I was one, I was a little curious as to what was going on over there. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you flexing on camera. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's also a little funny that Bulbasaur and Charmander have 70 HP, but Squirtles gets bodied with 60. There's a there's an older Squirtle with 70 right now, but uh, I don't know why Squirtle got left in the dust there. I feel like Blastoise, I would like it a little more. I don't know if it would be good, but I would like it a little more if it just did 140 base and 70 more for each energy you discard. Like, having to always discard an energy to do 140 feels really lame on a stage two, you know? Like, to take out, like, one prizers, you have to discard an energy every turn. Like, that just makes you super vulnerable to disruption. It's 
It's super awkward. I don't know. My beef is like, okay, in order to like, you know, so Blastoise needs energy every turn. So you're going to have to play it with like Beaverell or something, right? And it, it's just like, all right, so I'm setting up my stage two Blastoise and I'm setting up Beaverell. And we've already seen how like, how that doesn't really work, uh, well, you know, with like the Beaverell Charizard decks. So. Yeah, there's actually a really cool card that I think we're skipping over, and that's Energy Retrieval. What it allows you to do is it allows you to pick up two energy from your discard pile <laughs> back to your hand for no... I mean, you don't even have to discard a card. It's pretty cool. So Yo. you know, mat, magic players are pogging right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that'll fix Blastoise personally. <laughs> no, it's not doing it Okay, for all right, me. all right. No, no, nothing there. All right, all right. There's nothing there? Are you sure yeah. there's nothing there? You got to give it with a little more vigor, man. You got to give it the Wigglytuff Charizard math energy. Okay, <laughs> right, right. Sorry, I thought right. I expended all that energy with my uh, description of the Charmander. <laughs> you did. That's fair. <laughs> what do we think about Alakazam EX JW? That's a very intriguing card. I think Alakazam is really, really interesting. It's the first card that can attack from the bench. So that's really cool because you can put up a bunch of these walls you think of Mimikyu uh which can't be swung into by uh EXs and then you have things like Jinx which depending on what your opponent attacks with can't you know they can't take a prize there, there are a couple good walls out there uh that you can hide behind Clef Key also comes to mind uh just shutting down your opponent basic po opponents basic Pokemon's abilities uh, but Alakazam really interesting card Mind Jack is the first attack 90 damage does 30 more damage for each of your opponent's benched Pokemon. And then Dimensional Hand is the very intriguing attack. 120 damage. And this attack can be used even if this Pokemon is on the bench. So, again, you're probably throwing up like a one-prizer that disrupts your opponent. And swinging with Alakazam. But it is a stage two. So, the viability just doesn't seem there at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got you got to be like doing crazy stuff to be playing a stage two, right? And I don't know if what Alakazam is doing is crazy enough. It's cool. It's definitely different, but is it crazy? I love the design of the card and the fact that the game designers are willing to go in a place like this and kind of entertain the idea of attacking from the bench. I think it's just really neat. Um, it's funny because it's like. It's almost just a hit and run attack. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, is it functionally different than a hit and run attack? You just I mean, don't know. I mean, that's it. That's yeah. it, right? Is it used to be with a hit and run? Like, you know, this Pokemon attacks and then goes to the bench. It used to be that you had to have like a constant switch or pit, yeah, or stone or air balloon or something like that. So it 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 basically just negates the need for that in your deck building. Yeah, but otherwise, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it doesn't really do enough damage, doesn't hit any very relevant weaknesses, but it is intriguing. It is intriguing. <laughs> you nailed that one, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at the, the rest of the EX list. I think Zapdos is kind of the other one that people are really considering competitively as a Maridon inclusion. Just had a lot of success in Japan in the Yokohama Champions League. So Zapdos has 200 HP. As free retreat, if you have a lighting energy attached, which is fine, probably not like especially relevant, especially if you're playing Mew in your Maridon deck. 
Uh, and then it has a, a cool attack, multi-shot lightning. Does 120 damage for 3 energy. Uh, and it does 90 damage to a benched Pokemon that has damage on it. I, I'm i curious for your guys' thoughts. My beef with Zapdos is, is that condition, the, the damage counters. Andrew, you've tested it out. What are your thoughts? Oh, it's it's tough, right? Because Manaphy is just kind of always present. So if anybody gets out Manaphy, then, you know, then your Zapdos idea is just for naught, right? Um, it takes up two slots guaranteed because you have to play the Zapdos in your Maridon deck, and then you also have to play Halucha, and then you have to have bench space for both of them. And having played Maridon, we know that bench space is it's not something you always have the most of. But that being said, Maridon is kind of like uh, it's it's just mostly a big basic deck. It's pretty low maintenance. There's a lot of different ways that you can take the deck construction. And for a two-card inclusion, right? Because that's what it's the two-card package. You got the Halucha and you got the Zapdos. You can threaten a double knockout on a deck and just run them off the table more. So it's it's one of those things where, yeah, you basically give your deck this option to run your opponent's deck off the table and punish them in a way that you just could not do otherwise if you're not running the cards. But if you are running the cards not that much to ask if your opponent if you just catch them slipping without a mana fee. So, I think it's a I think it's a powerful combination. Uh whether or not it's worth it to run in your list is going to be I think a day-to-day decision based on, you know, what you're kind of expecting the meta to be and what you're trying to beat. Uh how much of a you know, brutal beat stick do you want to be? Do you want to really get out the gates and just run your opponent off the table as fast as possible? You might want to run the Zapdos then. Uh just to have that option available to you in the games where it comes up. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's one I want to test because, of of course, we are becoming more and more aligned with uh, Japanese uh, results and, and, and their tournaments. And so anything that does well over there, I think in years past, I've been a little bit easier uh, to dismiss those results. And now you see a crazy Maraud on list with the Hallucha, with the Zapdos, with the Mew. And it's like, well, where is all this stuff coming from? I'm going to give it a little bit more credence heading into our tournaments with 151. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes sense. I, and to be fair, like, you only really need, like, one Ultra Ball for your electric guys. So, <laughs> you know, the rest of them can get Hallucha if you want them to. Sure. You know, so, so that's kind of cool. I also think you know, one, I guess, nice part of Zapdos as opposed to, you know, other decks that have sort of Radiant Greninja as their side sniping option is Maridon's threatening so quickly, right? You know, it could theoretically do this on the first turn, uh, where it's very rare that you can do that on the first turn with Greninja. And I, I guess the benefit there is, you know, some decks might not be able to get Manaphy out even on the first turn. Probably can get it on the second turn, but might not be able to on the first. So take big knockouts there. Especially, yeah, going first. And that's the thing. Maridon can really thrive as a going second deck. If you build your deck in a way that, you know, you're giving yourself the most amount of options to be able to attack turn one going second, uh, you know, there are certainly going to be a number of games where your opponent just only gets the bare bones of a setup going first. And then you could just punish them with the Zapdos. Another important thing that I think is worth noting before we move on is that Zapdos has a fighting resistance 
kind of mm. adding to the Pokemon in the Maridon deck that help cover Maridon's weakness. We've got now Squawkabilly, Zapdos EX, and Mew EX. When you're up against a deck like Urshifu VMAX, every Pokemon that you can promote that's not getting one hit KO'd really matters. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. And Zapdos, I think, you know, in contrast to the Mew and the Squawkabilly, or to the Flying Pikachu historically, and the Squawkabilly is like threatening still knockouts on like Inteleon, for example. Even if you don't do the sniping, you're threatening Inteleon for a one hit KO. So that's pretty cool. Good early game attacker in that matchup. Cool. Well, I think I think that covers the EXs pretty well. I guess in terms of Pokemon, are there others that we should hit on before we start to pivot? I think so. There are a few. Yeah, what you got? For starters, let's talk about Dodrio. Dodrio, okay. Amazing let's... Tyranitar synergy. Amazing Tyranitar synergy. Unbelievable Tyranitar synergy. I mean, you think about what Tyranitar EX was playing before Dodrio. You had Lucario. Yeah. You had what Gengar maybe? Yeah, just not not great options. But now we have Dodrio. So Dodrio has the ability allows you to place a damage counter on it and draw a card. So unreal synergy. It's crazy. The attack is not so bad either. I could see even working on your form after your, your critique about, about not having the energy needed. <laughs> and then Ballistic Beak, yes. 10 damage plus uh, 30 more damage for each damage counter on this Pokemon. So in some ways, it feels like Spear Tomb with the building spite, right? It gets a damage counter every turn, but then doesn't just get the damage counter, also draws a card. Yeah, this and is going to be insane in GLC. And there's a lot more HP as well. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. such a good card in GLC for sure. I think so. I mean, in Gym Leader Challenge, those kinds of attacks are really are very powerful. Uh, and the fact that not only is it a good attacker, but it's also, you know, pseudo draw support can hit 190 damage for one colorless energy. Holy smokes. I mean, well, it can hit way more than that, can't it? Or 30. Yeah. 30 it can hit times 280. Nine. It does 280. Am I after a few turns. Holy I mean, nine, that's 280. nine times three. Man, I'm going to. Buddy. It's going to take a while, though. I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, dude. Nine times three, that's 180. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it, under this scenario, you like kind of have to get, you know, Dodrio going on the first turn, which is impossible because games just don't last that long in standard format. But. It, yeah, it's really it's really intriguing. It's a really intriguing option. Yeah, the T-Tar synergy bit was good. <laughs> like thank you, that. thank you. I appreciate I like that. that. Also, <laughs> theoretically, pairs up with Hisuian Zork, V-Star. I'm not sure how viable that's going to be. Good. I, don't, yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that that's legit, but it, it's at least worth mentioning, right? There's also Aerodactyl from 151, Degeneration Ray, 100 damage. If your opponent's active Pokemon isn't evolved Pokemon, devolve it. I so think it's like that... Devolution Ray is the actual <laughs> Degeneration De Ray. Devolution Ray? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm just looking at a translation website right now. Justin Basil, shout out to justinbasil.com. Great website. You're right. Actually, there is the translation here. Devolution Ray. So take an immediate knockout on an evolved Pokemon. 
uh, an evolved, you know, EX Pokemon, right? Because obviously we got the V-Stars and the V-Maxes that are just going to go back into the, you know, two-prize Pokemon, but uh, something like a Charizard, Degeneration Ray, aka Devolution Ray, be really good against that. <laughs> There's no way they would localize it to degeneration. <laughs> well, we all thought it was going to be Snatch Arm, didn't we? We did. We it's did. We... Dead. It's Grabber. Grabber. <laughs> Grabber. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna keep it 100 with you, JW, because because I love you. Uh, just nobody's nobody's putting the antique old amber into play to get this thing into play. No, but they will be putting. They will be putting Zorak. They will be putting Zorak into play. Okay. And Zorking. Oh, that's there. actually legit. That's actually legit. Um, that's worth thinking about. Sure. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was trying to play the Zorak deck, and I'm like, man, if my opponent gets like, if I'm tied on prizes and trying to deal with a Charizard, it's really annoying. <laughs> no, you just let them, you let them take a prize. Yeah, that's, you do a lot of sitting around with the Zorak deck and kind of just like waiting for them to take the lead again. <laughs> And then you do this little juggle until you have two prizes left, and then you slow bro. <laughs> true, true. But Aerodactyl, that does sound like a pretty cool option in the Zorak deck. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I. Yes. Touche. I did not think about it. Quite conceded. There's, yeah, another, conceded. there's another one prizer that we should talk about uh, that might also see like significant play, uh, and that's the Ditto from 151. Anyone want to significant? Maybe, uh, maybe an overall. Well, I think in, in comparison to a lot of these other cards, like what are we talking about? Like Mew as sure. being kind of like a reasonable card to play in like a number of decks. You know, everything else is kind of localized to its own deck. Ditto is the only one that could actually, you know, see play in multiple decks. So I, I would consider that significant. Ditto will see more play than Aerodactyl and Dodrio. And, and Dodrio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is true. Ditto has got the ability change starts, which says this ability can only be used if this Pokemon is in the active spot and also only on your first turn. Search your deck for a basic Pokemon, accept any Ditto, and then discard this Pokemon and all cards attached to it and put that Pokemon in its place. And its attack, Goo, does 10 damage. So Ditto is basically just a consistency booster and a flex spot in your opening turn. It allows you to battle VIP pass for it and then switch it out into something if your turn evolves to a point where, you know, maybe you were thinking Comfy or Cramorant and then you get to choose later. Uh, or I think the best case scenario for Ditto is that you just open it and then you get to choose your opener effectively because you open Ditto. The weird thing is, is if you like are playing Lost Box or something, and I guess if you draw into the card that you wanted to ditto into or something like I've uh I did see Jesse like kind of cooking with lost box a little bit and there were some situations where like he VIP passed for the ditto to thin his to thin it out of his deck right because like if you don't open the ditto you want to get the ditto and then change it because it thins your deck one card right but yeah. then he was like in a situation where he like wanted to VIP pass for the ditto but then wanted to flower selecting before putting it into the active spot. And then if he flower selects into the card that he wanted to ditto for it, then he's bodied. <laughs> so it does come with some like weird things like that, but it's cool. Here's, here's my thing. I, I feel like oh, I read the ditto wrong at first, and I didn't notice that it was only during your first turn. 
And I was still debating whether it was worth including Ditto in any decks. <laughs> so the fact it's like the fact it's turn one only really harshes my vibe right now on the Ditto. <laughs> so you were on the fence, even if it was like whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, there wasn't any clarifying text on the Ditto if it counted the turns in play. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. You know, I'm trying to figure out like if it counts the turns in play, because that'd be cool. And like Charizard deck, like Super Rod back in your Mander, swap the Ditto and candy it. And and now I realize it's only during the first turn. And again, like vibe completely ruined on the Ditto after that. <laughs> you know, because that's where Ditto would be useful, right? Is like to have the fifth copy of your guy over the course of a game. You know, I don't know. Does it really matter that much in the opener? Well. We live in a VIP pass world, Riley. You know, it well, feels that, like like to that turn one is everything. <laughs> but to that point, though, like if you're playing your VIP pass, you're getting the guy. You don't need to get the ditto. You you pick the yeah, one you what want. If you can play a fifth VIP pass, but it's not. It's just a ditto. <laughs> you just, you just, <laughs> just play four copies of the guy you want for VIP pass. <laughs> well, I think of it like this: like in a deck like Lost Box. There's such a big difference between opening Sableye and opening Cramorant, right? I mean, it's huge. It's, or not opening, uh, opening Sableye. I mean, opening to be Sableye. honest, you're still right. Like, there's a big difference between <laughs> Sableye and Cramorant, too. And there, then there's also a huge difference between opening Cramorant and Sableye and opening Comfy, right? Yeah. Sure. And yeah. In Gardevoir, there's a huge difference between, uh, you know, opening uh, Ralts or Mew and opening Zashian V or Luminian, right? There's a hu huge difference, right? So it feels like being able to add like a fifth good guy to start into your deck or something like that. I mean, it, it could be nice. Yeah, you, you got to weigh your odds on that, though. It's like, is that value add better than like playing a real card in your deck? And I think most decks, the answer will be no, of course not. Um, and even play for like, lots... right, like play another death ball. But You're even then, like, don't just play a, a different card that's just better, you know, that'll do something <laughs> in the rest of the game, you know? So, like, I, I don't know. I I am not on the ditto. I was, like, maybe on it when I read it wrong. <laughs> and now, now the vibe is just so ruined on the ditto that I don't even want to look at it anymore. So. JW, do you have any positive ditto vibes, or are we on the ditto hate train? Eh, not particularly. I don't think ditto is going to be you know, highly played. I do think that it has some uses um, and, and in a variety of decks, but it's not going to be like meta changing by and any I, means. Like I get what you're saying, Andrew. I just feel like the value add by that Ditto is just less than playing a different card usually. Sure. I think that that makes sense. And I, and I think I generally agree with you. Yeah. So, all right. You said you, uh, any other one prizers on your radar, Andrew? Uh, I think, I mean, there's like a couple GLC shouts that you could do. There's the Moltres, which snipes 120, which, you know, could see some play. There's the, uh, in Fire Dex, there's the Chansey, which is probably the optimal Chansey in your colorless deck if you're, you know, playing Blissey. There's the Weezing, which has the Let's Have a Blast ability, which is like knocks out an attacker on a coin flip if they're knocking out your wheezing so it's like a 50 percent chance of taking out your opponent's active which is kind of funny and does like <laughs> 50 50 and spread some damage which is like not bad 
there's a few cute cards like that, but nothing that's like totally game changing for uh for any decks. I I don't necessarily think. But there are some trainers that I do think are worth talking about. And we should talk about those after the ad break. Heard you. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. We are so pleased to continue our sponsorship with this great company, giving you everything that you need to take care of your down there hairs. Manscaped offers a wide variety of various products. Uh, both for um, smelling nice and also looking nice. They have uh, maybe even feeling nice in some cases. Uh, Manscaped is, is fantastic. Riley, why don't you talk to the listeners about some of the products that Manscaped offers? Yeah, absolutely. At Tag Team Podcast, you all know we're big fans of the Boxers 2.0. I can personally attest that the Boxers streak continues and another day two has been awarded by wearing those boxers today one at a regional championship in pittsburgh wasn't able to bring that to you guys last week but i wanted you all to know all is well in boxer town yeah i mean same here so right so so two for two on the new season and you so. know what i wasn't wearing them so i'll have to <laughs> and you saw there. and you heard what happened to andrew it yeah. was not good so. <laughs> And let me tell you, JW, I constantly, all the time, I have people coming up to me saying, Riley, you look nice. You smell nice. You look like you're feeling nice right now. And I can tell them with confidence it's thanks to Manscaped's products. So if that doesn't sound like an appealing pitch to you, I don't know what will. Head over to Manscaped.com. Use code TAGTEAM at checkout, T-A-G-T-E-A-M, and get not only 20% off, but free shipping on Manscaped products. Manscaped is, again, the premier men's grooming brand you want to be looking good you want to be feeling good when you go to these tournaments you want to be looking and feeling good in your everyday life check out manscaped thanks so much to manscaped for sponsoring the cast all right well we were talking about some of the trainers and supporters uh andrew that uh you have your eyes on yes sir I What's do here? think. I mean, besides Grabber. I mean, Grabber, Grabber, I really you know, like Grabber. Why don't though. you talk to us about Grabber? All I right? just, I mean, okay, please nobody take this out of context, okay? This, I'm talking within the I context. I love grabbing. I love, <laughs> I love my grabbing, my grubby little fingers. I love to just get my little fingies all over. But, I no, I love, gra- I love Grabber. I love Grabber. I love Grabber. I, many people are saying I love Grabber. Um, and I just enjoy, you know, I, I can't wait to snatch my opponent's hand right out and just pick, you know, put my grubby little thingies all over their cards and stuff. I, I mean, but really, I think Grabber is, uh, is a very fun card. It's just fun. Well, why don't you talk to us about what it does? Okay, it's well, easy. Grabber, uh, you look at your opponent's hand, you take a Pokemon that you find there, and you put it at the bottom of your opponent's deck. So an it doesn't item, have a item. lot. Or sorry, an item card. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have a lot of uses in the uh, you know, like I can't think of like immediately like a number of decks that could use it. But I think of like Mew as being a great card to utilize. Can you think of a second one? Just wondering. No. <laughs> okay, okay, just no. it's just for Mew. All right, no, it's you, a put, Mew you, toy. you put a, you put a Pokemon, right. Andrew. You put a Pokemon you find there on the bottom of their deck. 
and that's okay. I what did I I'm say? Here did I say Pokemon? JW. I think you I said think... grabber is a Pokemon card that puts it. Oh yeah, a Pokemon. Yeah, singular. Yeah, a Pokemon. All right, I'm gonna read what grabber the item card does. No, just it's in case it's a Pokemon it. you find that you you. Oh, re- Holy crap! I'm looking at it. You put a Pokemon you find there on the bottom of their deck. Yeah, no, we're, I think we're on the same page. What yeah. I said, Pokemon card. Okay, that's what's got everyone in a in a tizzy. I mean, it is a Pokemon card, is it not? <laughs> Sorry, Jeff, so Jeff, true. I was just thinking about grabbing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mind is elsewhere. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a new Mew toy, right? There's not really anything else going on here, but it's got a lot of implications for Mew V Max. One, it is a burnable card. You can always play it just to take a peek at your opponent's hand, even if you know there's not a Pokemon there to grab. Because you already played another grabber. (laughs) You already played another grabber? You can always burn it to just take a peek. And there's something psychological about grabbing your opponent's hand and and taking a peek. So I think like the intimidation factor of just you always being able to grab your opponent's hand is not to be underestimated. Two... You could cram a medic it, which is also very important in the Mew VMAX deck, okay? It's always a target for cram a medic. If you don't have another item in, in your hand, you could always get rid of grabber because it's mostly useless. <laughs> Three, if you're considering whether or not to judge your opponent, grab her first. <laughs> you can take a look at your opponent's hand and be like, hey, that hand's great. I'm going to judge you. Or actually, that five-card hand is the pits. We're going to do anything else. <laughs> yeah. Four. I mean- Four, if you're thinking about using Path to the Peak, uh, you could check, right? And see if your opponent's got an answer to the Path to the Peak before you play it. Yeah, Grabber, right? With the Grabber. So the Grabber, it's when you're playing Mew VMAX, you pretty much always want to know what's in your opponent's hand anyway. Especially if you're playing Turbo. I mean, most decks would love to know, yeah. (laughs) You always want to know, though. Like, it needs to know. Yeah. Yeah. And you forgot point number five, which I, I think is relevant, and that's Interacting with the bottom of the deck is always cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of legit, though. I mean, you you do think about like a Gardevoir deck playing, you know, whatever their three level ball three or four level ball three Ultra Ball, and like you put a card to the bottom, they now have to search that out, waste that resource to get that right. card out of the deck. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of funny, like oh, you just you know, you manipulate the bottom of the deck, but that's like very legit. Um, because we don't have any cards that draw off the bottom. So it's going to be, and we have, you know, relatively, a lot of decks play relatively few like ball search cards, uh, generally. So like that can really affect certain archetypes, uh, in yeah, a very significant way. From more like, of a I'm mental game like a, standpoint, yeah, like, sure. you know, me taking that like pump out of your hand like putting it where your deck should be and like having you put the deck on top of it. Like there's some, some real power behind that maneuver. For sure. I'm with Riley on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You can set your deck on top of that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wouldn't be as powerful if you were shuffling it in. Well, let's, I mean, think about item based hand disruption, right? I mean, you're in a league with reset stamp you're in a league with red card. You're in a league with rocket sneak attack card and rocket sneak attack, which is like the most one-to-one rocket sneak attack, which is so unbelievably broken, <laughs> but, but the marginal gain you get 
I, I think is not to be underestimated. When you're playing a deck like Mew VMAX, which is really a, a very simple deck, right? I'm going to set up my Mew, and I'm talking about the double turbo build right now. Maybe play Grabber and like, but goodness, Grabber with the fusion energy and the Elisa's, I'm not seeing that. I'm talking more of the double turbo, okay? It's a simple deck. All you need to do is just like disrupt your opponent just enough to get by, right? I'm talking like the gain you're going to get from chucking a couple Curlias to the bottom of the deck here and there against Gardevoir, things like that. It's really going to add up, just slowing your opponent down that extra bit, right? When you judge them, put like the Curlia to the bottom, you know, whatever, put the Luminian to the bottom, just being able to do little things like that, taking a look at the hand, trying to decide, okay, that's a hand you want to path. Okay, that's not, that, that hand's not worth pathing. It's going to give you that little edge that I feel like you need in the Mew VMAX deck to make the best decisions possible every single turn, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's like a three or four of in that deck. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I think you safely can throw in two, and then, like, based on how the vibe is going with Grabber, you can easily up or down that counter. It's like a big, you know, big into grabbing, so I'm probably like a four... Four yeah, up. JW, JW loves yeah, it. I, I'm starting four up for sure. I start. I start with a full. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's yeah, no, there's no debate there. He's yeah. playing four and a Silene, so he can grab some more. <laughs> as much any grabbing other trainers, as I can... catch your guys. Uh, any other trainers? Now I feel like we. Well, I have one point of order. Energy sticker, to be clear, is an awful card. However, it is a pure power creep version of the Turbo Patch. Can you believe this? The so Turbo Patch could only flip a coin, attach a site, or attach a basic to a basic Pokemon who wasn't a Pokemon GX, and Energy Sticker can do it to anything, even Stage 2s, even Pokemon EXs, even Pokemon V. It's crazy. Power Creep's out of control, man. I know. We gotta get this reined in. But there's an actual good card in there, too, and that's that's Cycling Road. Uh, You can discard a basic Energy card from your hand in order to draw a card. You know, it it sort of harkens back in function, in my mind, to, like, for Rid- or Viridian Forest. Not exactly the same. Um, you know, was it Viridian Forest? The one the that... opposite uh, in some ways, so that Viridian got you an energy? Well, and- here's, where, here's where I'm going with this, though, <laughs> is that a lot of decks that played Viridian use it to actually discard energy from their hand. They would also grab it out of their deck, but they would use it to discard that energy out of their hand to get it in the discard pile. Like, no. and then, they, then they replace that card right with an energy so it's kind of similar in that way with what people were practically using viridian for in that you can get energy into the discard pile and then also draw a card uh to replace it you know solid like stadium bump in guardy you know solid yeah stadium i think guardy is the uh, like guardy is the deck that it really comes to mind for because that's just all that deck wants to do is discard those energies so I think, you know, it's probably not better than Artisan and Collapsed and even yeah. Sinnoh. Like, there are a lot of other stadiums that are just much better than this card. But, yeah, you bring it up as, like, where could it see play? Guardy, maybe Vaxcalibur. Even though, like, I don't even think Vaxcalibur, though. They want to keep that energy in hand, so. Yeah, kind of, like, they're a resource, right? Like, Yeah, I, feel I, mean, like, I get it, but. I feel like the problem with Cycling Road in in the current game is that any deck that wants to do an effect like that will play radiant greninja right and then like and then like are you really gonna be using radiant greninja and cycling route like in the same turn like probably not i'm with you here's here's a different question i think cycling road 
would be totally broken if it drew two cards with Radiant Greninja also in the format. Yes. But if Radiant Greninja was like never printed, not in the format right now, could it draw two cards and like be okay, like balanced and playable? Like pure theory mod. Yeah. Yeah. Scorched Earth was that. But now it's generic though, right? You know, yeah. every deck Scorched can play Earth this. Was... Scorched Earth is for fire and fighting, and it wasn't even very good. No. <laughs> That's because fire and fighting Pokemon suck so bad. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> it's a scam. <laughs> but that card did not see play, dude. Neither did the fiery torch or whatever, which is like this card like a fire energy from your hand, draw to on an item. Fire no. was so bad at that time. <laughs> Not ah, there's Volcanion, dude. I don't Volcanion know, man. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of sorry with Riley here. Day. Well, Dark Patch is really bad now, and that was arguably one of the most broken cards ten years ago. Thirty third place at NAIC, bro. That's that's right, top sixty four, buddy. <laughs> Check yourself. <laughs> I think Cycling Road would like. Be per I would think it would be like perfectly balanced, like it, the right place for it to be if mm -hmm. it drew two cards. Yep. If Rainy Greninja didn't exist, like then it then it would be like a justifiably playable stadium, but not like outright broken. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, about I it. think the the one for one is not a good use of resources, but maybe one for two. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. and I just think they had to like keep it in check because of Greninja, and that's a shame. Yeah, because I think Greninja is like a really broken card. That's so. All right, cycling back to Wigglytuff EX. Good pun. We've got Rigid Band, a tool card, which makes it so the stage one Pokemon this card's attached to takes 30 less damage from attacks. All right. I don't think... Like, would you bother playing that in Wigglytuff? <laughs> you're already surviving everything. <laughs> Listen, if you're building a gimmick deck, you got to be all in on the gimmick. It's not, it's not about math. Riley, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a, it's about That's being true. as girthy as possible. <laughs> well, in that case, then shouldn't we just play leftovers? Because <laughs> the leftovers will really put in work. At the end of your turn, I don't leftovers. Okay, so similar. It's a tool. At the end of your turn, if the Pokemon this card is attached to is in the active spot, heal 20 damage from it. I really don't like Leftovers as a card. I'd rather prevent that damage outright than... With your Rigid Band. With the Rigid mm. Band, yeah. I'd rather make my Pokemon survive a hit than uh, try to heal off, you know, damage incrementally. Only while it's in the active. You want, like, a passive heal like that to happen, like, on, on the, the bench. bench. Yeah. You're like, okay, yeah, I, I soak this hit. Switch Wigglytuff to the bench. Champions never let Festival see the... leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> that what you want. Instead, only working in the active, like, dude, you're only going to get 120 heal off of that before it gets smacked again and knocked out. Like, it's no point. Yeah. I think we're getting pretty deep into, like, the niche meme territory at yeah, this point. Yeah, end of the day, 151 <laughs> is not a good set outside of Mew. I think if that's kind of what you come away with here, that will will have done our job. There's some fringe stuff. Talk about the Charmander. We talked about the Zapdos. Um, you know, there's a few kind of intriguing. About. What's that? But is it 
There's stuff to talk about. We could talk about Well, it. ultimately, at the end of the day, <laughs> what is going to make the impact? Right? I could definitely keep talking. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I got a lot more to talk about. You now, whether it's tier one stuff. Okay, we're not. We left a tier one ship a long time ago, all right? Yeah, <laughs> like, so true. We it. Yeah, back at Wiggly Tub. <laughs> Which was I the, think that like, much was King Kong we talked about. There was a so. there was a man standing at the rail crossing and he had the lever yeah. and it was like I, continue straight to uh you know go down the the normal path, the the reasonable path and then pull the lever and it takes you to Wiggly Tough Land and he pulled the Like lever. I'm pretty sure the audience followed us that you know there was like there was a steep drop off. I think so long as we all understand that like MuEX and then maybe there's like Zapdos, EX, and that very steep cliff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charmander Stadium describing attack is the next best thing. Yeah, very steep cliff there. So long as that's understood, I think we're good. Wanted to take yeah. maybe two minutes then to talk about highlights art-wise. I think there's a lot of really cute art, and obviously it's hitting you in the nostalgia with the 151 Pokemon. Uh, but are there any artworks on any of these cards that really has you excited it could even be because you know i look at some of the alt rare stuff that looks gorgeous like for me the venusaur line is just beautiful in its entirety and it really makes me want to like collect each one and then put them in a little frame but okay, i'm also millennial. wondering or what yeah i just called you millennial yeah well you know yeah. uh, <laughs> guilty guilty yep. yep uh raised raised my hand but there's some other really fun little artwork, I think, of the the slowpoke being really cute, lying on its back in this kind of watercolor picture. Um, there's the magneton. You can't, just say, you can't just say every card. You gotta you gotta commit, man. What is your what is your number one art card? What is my number one art card? Yeah. I really like the Chansey. The Chansey. I think the Chansey is insanely cute. Holding up the four leaf clover. The Chansey. The chance it looks like it's a Kirby friend. It's very cute. I'll give you that. It's like, it Kirby, like a Kirby, Kirby friend. friend. Yeah. It's interesting. I yeah. feel like it's unique. Yeah, it is. Is it a lot of that style. Yeah. Is the is Chancy as a Kirby friend one of Kirby's friends that like becomes evil and like a universe destruction level threat, or is it one that's like actually just a friend of Kirby? Yeah, probably just like doesn't really add anything to the story. <laughs> and it's just a yeah just a friend just a just a guy just hanging out all right riley what do you what are your thoughts on the art what cards really get you going yeah i'm gonna commit to my bit and i'm gonna pick one and andrew i might steal your thunder on this one honestly my favorite is war turtle and the reason i say that is because it's giving the baby from the album art nirvana dude yes, yes. Is, is it never not mind. giving it's literally never mind yeah. i know uh-huh. yeah i know so it's that's why i like the war toll it just that it evokes that like super hard for me and i think that's really funny and i like it so yeah war total is my winner i'm with you on that i think arita for me kind of won this one with the Blastoise line, uh, the Squirtle, the War Turtle, and the Blastoise are all gorgeous. But of the three, the War Turtle is the best. I I agree with that. So I think the War Turtle is probably my number one in the set. But 
then there are some other really beautiful cards that uh, that I really enjoy as well. I think like when I pulled the Mewtwo um, art rare, uh, just the regular Mewtwo, it's not an EX or anything like that. It's a regular Mewtwo art rare. I was like stunned when I when I saw it. I oh yeah, that card really blew me away. So I think uh, the Mewtwo art rare is big for me. I, I think that card is just super cool. Yeah, I think. Obviously, like so many of these arts are, are so cool and so beautiful. Mewtwo's a great one overlooking the city. Um, one that I kind of want to shout out that I feel like not a ton of people like are as into is I think the Nido King is, is really nice. It evokes like a very nostalgic like Pokemon color palette. You know, when I think of like the old like Sugimori watercolor Pokemon art, they had a very similar like white and like very light sort of color palette and the Nido King like really nails that especially if you like kind of from like a distance or like a smaller form it just really nails that um that for me and it's a very nostalgic feel looking at a card like that I agree the uh the art rare for the Nido King Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that one uh that one's awesome it does it definitely has got a painterly kind of watercolor uh, feel to it, which Sugimori um, was was famous for, you know, with his original drawing. So it definitely feels like it pays homage to that. Yeah, so I like that one a lot too. A beautiful set, you know. The set is clearly it's for the collectors. It's for people who enjoyed the original 151 to you know get to see some of the the only real Pokemon <laughs> back in action, <laughs> and it's cool, you know. It's it's not sure. it's not meant to be the most competitive set. They threw us a bone, no. I would say, with Mew, right? So they did, and you know, I I was back and forth whether or not I wanted to try and do a complete set of it when the set was uh, first coming out in Japanese. And as soon as I opened some booster packs of it in Japanese, I was like, I'm doing a master set. Gotta do it. This gotta <laughs> do it. Yep. Oh man, it's hit me right in the feels. So, so. I yeah. do want to ask you, Andrew, because this can be you know a recurring little segment here. How complete is your master set? You're going for a full Japanese master set, master balls. Uh, so if you don't know, there's a different reverse hollow pattern on the 151 cards in Japanese where they have, instead of the pokeballs in the background of the reverses, they have master balls. And those are a once per box average, you know, card, but and it's a random card, right? So it's like you are opening a lot of boxes if you're trying to complete that set or you're spending a lot of money to try to complete that set. So <laughs> yes. how close are you to finishing? I have the whole main set complete. Um, minus some of the, minus a few of like the, the secret rares. Uh, so I have like the, the full regular, regular rare set complete. I have all the full arts and all the art rares complete. Uh, only missing a couple of the secret rares, like the Mew. I don't have the Zapdos, Erica, Giovanni, some of those secret art rares I'm missing. I have, I want to say, probably 90% of the Pokeball reverses. I have almost all of them. Those were pretty, you know, dime a dozen to get in Japan. They just had them in, like, bulk bins and stuff. So I, I did some rooting around during the World's Trip and got almost all those. And then I think I have about 50 to 60, I think about 60 Master Ball reverse hollows now. That's which pretty is, good. 
It's yeah, it's a pretty good chunk. Uh, we found a lot of those in Japan. JW helped me with that as well, so I was very thankful for that. He was doing some hunting. Well, you haven't uh, seen the bill yet, so don't. I talk. have not. Yes, uh huh. He picks uh-huh. them up for me, and then and then I'm <laughs> going to buy them. <laughs> but uh, but that was like my mission, you know, for my collecting mission when I was in Japan. Uh, what it gave me some direction to like you know perusing around different card shops as I was kind of working on the 151 set, which was really fun. Yeah, it's really cool. I'll be excited to see. Are you going to like frame it or keep it in binders or what? I'm going to keep it in a binder. Uh, I think maybe I'll do a frame with the Master Balls. That could be sick. We'll see. But it's That could be now. sick, man. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> think about Master it. Master Balls, all 151. Now that you got me thinking. Could, could I mean, it wouldn't be 151, right? The so only many... weird thing with like only framing the Master Balls is yeah, that it's not the EXs the, and stuff. Right. Yep. Yeah, the no, final you stages. Include, you include the EX. Yeah, you'd have to just include like oh, a the secret rare or something. Or yeah, secret. You include, yeah, you include your, yeah, the secret rares or whichever ones. Yeah. I like with okay, well then that, yeah, that could be really cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Very cool. Well, I think that just about wraps up our episode. 151 is here. We should be able to play it this week on PTCG Live. I know they just did the update. Thursday. Yeah. Many people are saying Thursday is the day that we could see it in the PTCG Live. Yep. Uh, yeah. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. But it's cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see what we're going to be talking next week and uh, leading up to Peoria, how this set is going to change. Obviously, we need to do uh, some more testing with the cards in the set, but we'll be talking a lot more about what the metagame is and how it's shifting as we uh, introduce these new cards into the format. If you guys want to follow us on social media, that's the best way to get plugged in with the Tag Team Pokemon podcast. You can find us at Tag Team Pokemon over on x.com. You can find Riley over at Smiles with Riles and uh andrew at enjoy friend and myself at real john walter again that's on the x.com application <laughs> uh, call it twitter man <laughs> but that's not that's not the name uh, that is a url uh, i'll give it to you uh, <laughs> yeah, if you go to the url twitter.com then you'll be able to find us there <laughs> the x app at twitter.com <laughs> all right sure <laughs> that's gonna do it for this week's episode thank you guys all so much for listening we'll catch you on the next one see y'all